Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, veteran suicide is one of the greatest crises of our time. Since 9-11, just over 30,000 veterans have died by suicide, and that's four times more than the number of U.S. military personnel who actually died in combat over the next the past 20 years. But we know that this can be preventable, and that's what we're here to talk about today. With me today uh, is our two veterans. Um, that we're going to uh, get some details from. Um, we have Theron Crosby, who's the district commander of the Veterans of Foreign Wars here in St. George, and Brent Black, who's a chaplain of the Utah Army National Guard and, uh, and an instructor at the Institute of Religion here at Utah Tech University and a me- mental health counselor out- outside of the services here as well. So welcome to both of you, and thanks for joining me today. <laughs> thanks for Thank having you, us. Melissa. Yeah, and thanks for helping put this show together, Theron. I know this is uh, close to your heart. And, uh, it is. Just really appreciate that. Um, I'd like to first of all talk about these alarming statistics and the increased rates of suicide uh, amongst our veterans versus civilians that we're seeing. Um, the, the facts are, are astounding when we look at those. Um, Theron, tell us, why do you think veterans have a higher chance of taking their own lives? Well, um, part of it has to do with uh, the, the background of the veterans. Uh, when they come home from uh, having gone through s- severe uh, experiences in wartime, um, they are now uh, back in community where they're not with the same circle of friends. Um, that's the National Institute of Health in their studies tells us that the stereotypical person uh, likely to commit suicide is a male who's um, gone into middle age, um, often has just retired from his work. He's no longer busy with a circle of friends, and he doesn't have that um, uh, family connection anymore. And so uh, many of our uh, our veterans feel isolated from the community. Uh, they feel that people don't understand them. And unfortunately, a lot of them are not reaching out to their uh, fellow veterans in the community. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a loss of support, family support. I mean, the military is their family too. So it's kind of tough when they come home and, and they're feeling probably a little alone and and wondering what to do in life. (laughs) And Brent, um, tell us your experience then as a chaplain, you, you um, are a chaplain with the army national guard. Uh, Tell us about your experiences with this and, and what you do. Yes. uh, Thanks for asking. I, I'm super excited to to be here. I, I think so. In my mid 30s, God just inspired me and said, "Hey, I want you to become a chaplain, Army National Guard." I, I never thought about joining the military, but it's this it's these alarming statistics that pointed me to say there there is a, a suffering population here, an epidemic that needs some help. And so I got into it as a mental health counselor and as a religious educator. It's kind of combining those both things to become a chaplain, which is you know it's the spiritual advisor. They're the ones that are going to pull in soldiers and say, "How are you doing? Talk to me, really. How are things going?" And, and to be their kind of their, their bigger brother, their friend. And everything with a chaplain is completely confidential. And so it's fun when, when kids will come over and they want to talk to me and we shut the door and they say, hey, I'm, this is what's going on or this is what's happened in my past and I'm struggling. A lot of them are sometimes afraid uh, to open up to maybe other type of people or mental health counselors because 
because of the stigma. Uh, they don't want, they're, they're very confidential people and they don't want any of those types of things coming out into the public. Um, and they like to deal with their own feelings. They want to be strong and, and they're not used to opening up and, and talking. And so when they come back from deployments and things like this, it's very hard on those families. They, the, the wives have kind of adjusted to a normal way of life. The husbands don't know where they fit in. They try to get a job in the community. It's when, when, when the army has been providing things for them in the past and they, and they feel lost and distanced and, and it's really hard for them. So it's cool for me to put my armors around these, around these folks and help them out. Uh, to, to stay safe and to want to be here. And to make them feel loved a little bit too, I'm sure. Yep. Now, one thing we know for sure is that veterans are more likely to uh, reach out for more uh, in a more lethal way exactly. using firearms like a weapon to take their own life. The Reach for Hope Coalition has put together several ads and informational videos uh, to talk about gun safety. Let's take a look at one of those. There is no better feeling than being on the range. When we teach firearms on the range, safety is our first priority. We teach the safe handling of firearms in every course of fire because we in the shooting community take firearms very seriously. It doesn't matter our skill level, whether we are the competition shooter, the self-defense shooter, or simply the casual shooter on the weekend. We strive to make safety our priority. So why does that safety mindset take a back seat when we leave the range and go home? Firearm safety at home is just as important as firearm safety on the range. We understand that firearms are an effective tool for protecting your family and home against attack. But we also know that locking up firearms and firearm safety is just as important at home as it is on the range. In fact, locking up a firearm may save the life of a loved one who might be suffering from a mental health issue. 86% of firearm deaths in Utah are suicides, so putting time and distance between someone who may be thinking about suicide and lethal means or firearms may save a life. Together we know that the shooting community and the mental health community can make a difference. So take the time to lock up your firearms. Yeah, that's a very important message. Now, Theron, what has the VA and other organizations like Reach for Hope done to offer help in this way as far as these gun locks are concerned and letting people know it's really important to have, um, you know, safety out there? Well, we have um, a tremendous asset here in our community called uh, the Vet Center. Um, it's located over in the Dixie Commons. And uh, they have counselors there. Um, if a veteran's suffering, uh, they can go in and get counseling there. We also have um, uh, our uh, CBOC, uh, and the, the outreach clinic from the VA here, and they also have a psychologist on the staff there. In the vet center, they have these locks available for any veteran who comes in and wants to get one. Uh, they're there free of charge. and. Uh, the staff can walk you through really quickly how to use these and, and how to use them to secure any of your weapons. Yeah, it's a good good idea to have that, and, and they're free of charge. And, and I know that Reach for Hope has those as well, and other and even some of the police departments and stuff might even have those to give out. Um, tell us about the, our student population of veterans here on campus and where they might go to reach out for help. Well, it's kind of surprising when you talk to the, the veteran leaders on campus that there are actually a lot of veterans here at, uh, at Utah Tech University. Um, they have uh, their own little veteran center. I forgot the, the name of the building it's in, but uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure you can, uh, can find it. Um, uh, 
Carl Waters, who is a uh, veteran of Iraq and uh, and also uh, spent over 20 years working for the Utah National Guard, has recently been brought on board to uh, be the coordinator for it. Uh, the veterans uh, select their own leader, and it is a place where you can go and sit down and talk with other veterans like you. If you're struggling, they can help you get resources to uh, get in and get some help. Um, also, they offer uh, um, access to tutoring services, so it's a very great asset for the, the students here at uh, at Utah Tech. Yeah, and it's very important to have that sense of community and that feeling of being wanted and needed. Um, I want to ask you, Chaplain, then um, to tell me a little bit about where does spirituality fit into all of this and, and how is that brought about when we're talking about people who might be depressed or be going through some tough times um, with their veteran experiences? Yes, thank you. That's such an important component. Research shows that the majority of, uh, of the American population are, are religious and and, and there's sometimes a taboo about talking about religion or accessing that as a support system when you go see, for example, a therapist or a mental health counselor. But a chaplain, our specific role is to talk about spiritual types of things, run the religious services for the soldiers. And, and it's really cool. In fact, I think almost miraculous when you start talking about what, what, what is a soldier's religious resources and help them to access that, to use that, and to leverage that to, to help them. Um, I find it inspirational. It's fun even at times just to open up a, a Bible verse with a fellow Christian and study with them. And even if they're not Christians, we're supposed to be chaplains of any faith denomination. And so it's fun to be familiar with the different denominations here in the community and to help these these wonderful veterans to be plugged in to their to their church community, which is which is another great support network for them. Yeah, and that's another sense of belonging and a, a feeling of family and support, and that's what we all want to feel in life. Yeah. Theron, can you give us a comparison then between what we might see in the way of support for the Veterans Administration versus the community or family and friends out there? Um, we know that there are is research out there that uh, the more community that we feel together, that we can that we can have a better sense of that belonging? Um, well, one of the great assets we have is is our own Reach for Hope uh, coalition. Uh, the fact that we have all these different members of the community coming together to recognize that suicide is a, is a real, real threat to our families and that we want to make a difference. Um, as far as inside the veteran community, we have um, the Veterans of Foreign Wars for the combat veterans. We have the American Legion. Uh, we have the Marine Corps League, uh, the disabled veterans. Um, uh, let's see, they're known as the DAV. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Vietnam Veterans of America. There are a lot of different organizations that are out there that... Uh, if you, know, you don't feel comfortable sitting down with uh, somebody from one group, you can find another group that's out there. Right. And that idea that there's somebody there that has shared experiences and understands what you're going through, uh, that sense of family, that sense of belonging is important. And it's really um, probably the most important thing we have, people who don't have that sense of, uh, of belonging are the ones who end up being the most at risk. Right. And um, I know that your organization, as well as others, have put together um, QPR trainings where you learn how to do the, the thing of question, um, refer, and persu persuade and refer, QPR. Um, how has that helped? And do you think that does help? I mean, research kind of shows that, that asking that question is really important. 
It is. Um, the main thing is, is if you notice somebody who's um, showing signs of, of being um, isolated and of losing contact and um, that you recognize might be at risk, the most important thing to do is to talk to them, to actually ask them the question, hey, have you been thinking of hurting yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just the act of asking that question can hopefully uh, um, prevent a tragedy. I, I would just add to a lot of people, and in my experience as a therapist and working in an adolescent treatment center where a lot of kiddos are, are struggling with suicidal tendencies and thoughts, at, at first when I was a therapist, I thought, oh no, if I, if I ask him if they want to self-harm, if I'm asking that if they want to kill themselves, then, then I'm going to give them that idea and then they're going to be more likely to do it. But research is very much contrary to that. It lessens, very much decreases the likelihood of, of, of a person hurting themselves if we ask specifically using those words, are, have you had thoughts of wanting to hurt yourself or take your life? That can save a life as we do that. And so I have become, over the course of my 10 years in doing therapy and, and as a chaplain and being very clear about asking that question, it, it sometimes is, an ask, is, a, is a scary question to ask, but I've become so much more comfortable in asking it. Yeah, it's, it's hard at first, but I think it's important. And like you said, uh, people actually probably want that question to be yeah, asked if they're they in that much pain. Uh, Chaplain Black, is there um, a common factor that veterans share that might contribute to the breakdown of mental health and coping with everyday life or undue stress? Can you tell us some of the warnings that are similar among veterans as any other population? Yeah, so I, I would say just one of the biggest... There's several here. I want to go through a little a little list. Um, I think appearing sad or depressed a lot of the time. A person, a lot of times as a therapist, I talk about what is your baseline behavior. If you notice a person off their baseline, they're, they're either up or down off of it, then that's very worrisome. You'll see hopelessness or anxiety, frequent mood swings, um, increased drug and alcohol misuse. This is a big one for veterans. They're coping in the wrong way by using drugs. And if that is, is being used in an excessive way, you got to be able to mark that. Excessive guilt or shame or a sense of failure, rage or anger, engaging in risky activities without thinking. Um, a lot of these veterans want, they might used to have had interest in some hobbies or work or school, and they just don't seem to have the motivation to do those things anymore. Uh, they're neglecting their personal hygiene. They just even physically don't look like themselves anymore, uh, withdrawing from family and friends, violent behavior even. Um, they could unexpectedly write a will, give away things. Um, you might even see highs that seem almost like they are almost like at peace or they're excited at times or lows. And so those are important times to say, hey, this person is way off their baseline and I know who they are. And that's when we start asking the questions, are you okay? How can we help? Right. And so how many of these veterans are dealing with the death of maybe another veteran or a death of a family member or something that has triggered some of these responses, especially maybe during the holidays or um, a time yeah. of the year when that anniversary of that death comes around. Exactly. I, I would imagine every veteran knows someone within their circle who has taken their life. Sadly enough, it is an epidemic and, and that's hard for them. In addition to the, all of the other responsibilities they have to worry about is when those times come around. And, and, and to be honest, the, these, these friends of theirs have become their family. When you get deployed, when you spend this much time with them, with the same interests, these have become your family. When you lose them, it is, it is devastating uh, to these fellow friends. Yeah. Now I want to uh, switch over to uh, our new 988 crisis line and lifeline that has come out. It's a new number that was implemented uh, implemented just July 16th nationwide of 2022, and it's a great resource. It's basically 24-7 
and it shortens the old number that we used to have of 1-800-273-TALK. Now it's 988, and you can even text it. Uh, Theron, tell us about um, how this um, a trained live counselor will come on board in Utah when you uh, dial this number, and what happens. Okay. Um, th- when you dial 988, it runs you through the emergency network and connects you directly to uh, the counseling center up at the Huntsman Center. Um, so, and it doesn't doesn't matter where you're calling from because uh, when you call in, they can they can see that that's uh, not something to to say. Oh no, I'm I'm going to be tracked down. But it's rather um, so that they can access you into networks in your local community where you can get additional help. So they provide the counseling, and it's not just. Um, an individual in crisis, but it can be uh, you as a friend or a family member of somebody that you've identified that it's, is is struggling. So you don't have to be thinking about suicide to call this number. You can be in call to get assistance for somebody you know and care about. Yeah, and you can text that number or, or call it. Um, what happens then, uh, Theron, when a, a veteran calls that number? Is it is it the same thing? Does it tie into the veteran suicide hotline, or where does that go? So it does. So when you call in, you it'll give you an option. It'll, it'll ask you uh, um, for veteran services, press 1, and then it'll ask you for services in Spanish, press 2. So in, in either case you can get access specific to you Um, by pressing one it redirects you into the veteran hotline and so you are talking with somebody who has shared experiences who has been a veteran who uh, is trained on how to talk to veterans and and there are some subtle differences um, because of the the different experiences that veterans bring to the table that uh, sometimes they don't want to talk to somebody who is is not trained to recognize uh, problems that veterans are having. Yeah, herein lies where the chaplain comes in because you've been there and you understand and and many of them may be struggling with PTSD, right? Exactly. And and that really does take a special mindset and have been there, done that to, to get into that realm. Um, so this is is available twenty four seven, and um, so what happens if can a, ve- a veteran call in for another veteran? Then if if it's not the veteran that's calling in themselves, absolutely, it's all about uh, getting in and talking to somebody who understands and can help you find the assets in your local community. Yeah, that's great, and and the support doesn't end there; it continues and goes on. What happens after the conversation is over? Um, well, that's where they uh, they talk you through uh, where you can get uh, uh, more assets available to you, um, uh, and and they probably refer you to someone in the local community as well, and that's yes. where someone wa- where where you might come in. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things that these these call centers have is they have access to lists to say, hey, this is where this person's calling from. Here's a list of community resources. Here's a chaplain in the community. Here's church communities. Here's the VA center. Um, and so it, so it doesn't leave them up hanging and dry because this is really an acute care, like in a time of 
great crisis. This is would be a great number to call, but it's not long-term therapy or something else. They, they probably will need something more than that. And so they don't leave them hanging. They're going to plug them into some resources. Yeah. And so why is it important then for veterans to have both options of having a person like you who they may relate to with one-on-one experiences, as well as someone they may not know to talk to, um, who might answer that phone and be on the other line? You know, that's a great question. You know, one of the great things about, so I'm going to speak with my therapist lens on a little bit, is there's a, there's a power in a person coming to someone that they do not know and, and then they're, and, and that won't, that probably won't see them in the community coming around and that doesn't know their business. And they, they just naturally want to open up and say, Hey, this person's been trained to talk to me. They, they're a professional and, and you can open up freely because odds are you're never going to see this person. It's okay. It's completely confidential versus someone, you know, that that's really that person that can put their arm around you and give you that support and say, Hey, we got this, let's do this together. And, and I think that there's, that's a powerful combination to have both of those. Wow. That's great. Now, Theron, uh, what other kinds of direct help or support is offered here in St. George? You mentioned the Veterans Center, the VA Center clinics and things. Tell us about what is offered if you come through the door there. Well, in the Veterans Center, one of the first things they're going to do is is talk to you about uh, whether or not you are in immediate crisis. So that's going to change whether or not they uh, set an appointment with you to come in later in the week or if they um, get you in to talk to a therapist immediately. And they are set up to do that um, if if it is somebody who's in crisis. And whether it's a phone call calling into the vet center or whether you go in in person, it's it's still the same thing. They do, a, I guess, uh, let's see, in, in the me- medical community, they call it a triage. But it's basically taking a quick look and saying, okay, um, how critical is the situation here and do I need to get him in to see somebody immediately? Uh, they currently at the vet center. They currently have two therapists. They have a. Um, they just informed me that they've got a third one coming uh, coming in the very near future. So those are will be three therapists sitting there ready and willing to help. Um, they also have an outreach specialist who can uh, provide services outside of the St. George area because. Um, uh, our vet center down here actually covers all of uh, the five county area all the way up to Richfield. Uh, and they have an outreach van that uh, goes around to those different communities with the therapist. And all you have to do is call call the vet center um, and they can give you his schedule and let you know when he's going to be available in your community. They, in addition to that, they also have a, a chaplain. And so sometimes it can be less intimidating to, you know, fix some point where it's just the old chaplain, they call him the chappy, you know, in, in the military. <laughs> and so you can use that lingo with them and they can speak that language. And, and so instead of maybe if it's too scary to, you know, have a session with a therapist, then they can go and talk to a chaplain as well. And that, and that's available. And that's where you come in. And also we have these students that we talked about on, on campus here at Utah Tech. There's, there's a place here for them to go as well. Uh, regardless if they're veterans or not. Theron, you were saying something to me um, prior to the show talking about um, the location of the wellness, the Booth Wellness Center here that we have. Tell us a little bit about that and how that works. Yes. Um, so, so it's a little bit different. They're not there 24 hours a day. Uh, they're only there Monday through Friday from uh, from 9 to 5. But um, as an asset here in, on the campus, um, uh, if you're in crisis and call in, they can get you in to see somebody that very day. 
Um, they did say if it's not a, an emergency, it may be a, a week to a week and a half before you get a chance to, to go in and sit down. So it would be a matter of calling in and making an appointment. But um, if you're a student here on campus and you're worried about uh, uh, fitting it into your budget, um, don't worry about that because mental health care here at the campus is free to the students. Yeah. And one thing I want to add to, I went over there and explored that that place and met all the, the therapists and psychologists and had a wonderful experience. I, I love the the group therapy that they have over there, too, because that's one thing that, that's hard for these veterans is they just feel disconnected from the community and they don't feel like they belong. But in these group therapies, you, you get people in there and they get talking and they form these wonderful relationships. They showed me the big rooms where these happen. Um, and they have some great, I mean, they have medical services over there as well that they can take care of for you um, as well. So it's a great, it's a great resource for the students on campus. Okay. Yeah. It, it sounds like it. And it sounds like you both are very passionate about helping to save lives and appreciate you being on the show today. Any last quick thoughts? No, thanks for having us on. It's fun to be here. I really hope that these veterans can can reach out to the resources they have because they're really there and, and we want to keep them safe and, and alive. And, and if they can just know this, this is why this is so valuable because we, we care about them and we want them safe. Yep. And Theron? If, if you're in crisis or you have a friend or a family member who's in crisis, don't wait. Um, there's help available. Yeah. That's definitely for sure. And again, if he, as he said, if you, you know someone or somebody may be contemplating suicide, to reach out. And, that, and remember that new number is 988. You can text it. You can dial it. And as it says on the screen, there is hope. And if you're a veteran, you can press 1. You can chat. You can uh, hashtag 988lifeline.org. All the resources are there. Thanks for watching, and we hope you stay safe. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.